0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Rudy Giuliani Show. We are very pleased to have all of you with us and hope you grow exponentially as we move along with this great show. Because we're going to bring you stuff that only a few other people bring you. Now first I want to remind you of something because Greg asked me to do this on the way out. And there's anything I would do for Greg Kelly who is just a, a, a gift to America. On his show tonight, he's going to have the shaman of, you know, the gentleman who dressed up like a circus performer and was escorted uh, very, very uh, uh, politely around the Capitol by the Capitol Police. And now as a former prosecutor and one of some distinction, I must say, I watched that tape eight, ten times. I was trying to figure out what crime did he commit? Because if he had committed a crime, wouldn't they have arrested him? So you had to take like three days to figure out the crime after it was over with? Does that suggest you somebody's trying to frame him? Don't police generally arrest you while you're committing the crime? So if I'm if I'm uh, if I pull a gun out they're going to arrest me. They're not going to sit there, watch, see whether I shoot somebody. Then I shoot somebody, and then three days later, they come back and arrest me. No, no, they arrest me right then. So somebody looked at that picture and said, we got to get this guy. For what? Don't remember if he, if, he, if he came in illegally. Here's the distinction. And this is something, I'm sorry, you know, they're going to say no, no, no. But here's the distinction. If you break in, you came in illegally, like a number of the FBI people did, including uh, uh, Mr. Sullivan, whose picture I have breaking in, who's an FBI stool pigeon. He's okay; He's been out all this time. In fact, he's done two riots. And not only that, he happens to have taken pictures of two riots of people who were murdered. And he just happened to be there when the murder took place. And he just happened to get hundreds of thousands for one of them. Oh, but that was just accidental. And he was an FBI stool pigeon. And the FBI stool pigeon had several weeks of inviting people to uh, January 6th. But nothing happens to him. So today, uh, tonight, uh, Greg is going to have the shaman on. And he's going to have him answer questions and and uh, they're going to be really, really exciting and good because Greg and I have been talking about this from day one. I, I am in, you know, one of these days, uh, I've done it on my own podcast, but maybe I'll have somebody interview me on it because I'm probably don't know if I'm the first one to see the Sullivan tape. Probably am. Mm, the Sullivan tape blows the entire lid off, the phoniness of what went on on January 6th. Now I'm not saying that they were right for what they did. I'm not saying that some of them shouldn't be prosecuted. I'm not saying that some of them acted improperly and I'm not saying that some of them may have even may have even had a fantasy that they were going to do something practical maybe. But there's no evidence of that. The FBI concluded a year ago there was no plan. The judge uh, in the in the case who is a very very over the top Trump uh, hater let me and Donald Jr. out of the case saying we had no connection to the violence. That hasn't helped me with the Bar Association because they're not suspending me because I did anything wrong. They're suspending me to shut my mouth and to try to intimidate as many Trump lawyers as possible because they forgot what being a lawyer is all about. So um, watch Greg tonight. If you can't watch it, put it on DVR and watch it later. Or go on to the Newsmax app, and you can—I You, can, I, I do a, I do that a lot with Newsmax. Now there's the only station I can watch except for OAN. <laughs> it's getting kind of ooh, 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 ooh. ooh. The debt. we got to talk about the debt because it's a very uh, complex issue. A lot of people on the right, far, far right, or right— say, not enough money saved. We should have saved more money. Da, 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 da. Absolutely right. 100% right. We didn't save much money. The amount of money we saved means nothing to our fiscal irresponsibility and to the incredible fiscal irresponsibility of Biden, which I think exceeds any president in American history. Biden, within a few short months, took a an economy that was recovering nicely from uh, the pandemic. I mean, Trump, in essence, saved us twice. He saved us when he came in and helped to produce the best economy in 50 years. No dispute about that. And if you want to go to poor people, higher wages for blacks, Latinos, and poor people than ever before. That was when two and a half, within two and a half years, a little under three years. Then the pandemic came along. It blew the whole thing. And as soon as we came out of the pandemic, here we're going uh, within one month, a lot of the losses were wiped out. Within two months, the stock market was functioning beautifully again. Within three months, jobs were coming back at record pace. Biden takes that over and in uh, three, four days, r- ruins the entire momentum. Biggest act of all, making us energy dependent. Uh, Trump, uh, Trump achieved the, gene, the, 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 the dreams of presidents, starting with Eisenhower to Kennedy to Johnson, to Nixon, for sure, of energy independence. Certainly the dream of Jimmy Carter. No American president could get us there. They tried, just didn't know how to be tough enough with Russia and with, um, and with uh, Saudi Arabia and still be friends with Saudi Arabia. And we were energy independent by his third year. And by his fourth year, we had made gains on that again. Now, we were, at our, we were at the nascent stage. We were at the early stage of energy independence. But we were growing. Reversed it on day one. Pipeline gone. Projects delayed. Projects that he claimed, oh, I authorize more projects. than Except he slow walks them. They get authorized. They just don't get done which is why the price of gasoline is going up again just in time for the summer. And he's had uh, incredible, incredible problems and dislocation within our economy. We've got low unemployment, except people aren't working. (laughs) How's that? They've taken themselves out of the workforce. They find it better not to work because he gives them so many things. The giveaways are enormous. So the Republicans had to make a dent in that. Here's the unrealistic part and why I think, along with the Wall Street Journal and the New York Post, Stephen Moore, who was uh, uh, Trump's major economic advisor, um, here's why I think it's a deal we have to make. You cannot turn something like this around in one shot. If you don't stop it, it's going to get worse. Just stopping it would be an achievement when you don't have uh, two-thirds of the government, when they've got the presidency and they have the Senate. They're doing better than just stopping it. They are putting a dent in spending by holding it down to 2022 levels, right? Or is it 2023? I don't remember. But holding it back to the prior level, which is always a good start. It's the way you start a credible a reduction program. You can't rip government apart until you understand it. Uh, second, second, they've done away with all increases in taxes, which is just another side of it, which is a big thing. Uh, number three, they got a cave in on what I didn't think they'd get a cave in on, and it's very close to my heart because I started it. Workfare. I know Clinton and 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 uh, Newt get the credit for it. Just go check. Just go check time. I started it in 94, or 90, in 94, they started it in 96. By 95, I was being criticized for it already. By 96, it was enormously successful. What that says is, you want welfare benefits and you're able-bodied, you work. And if you, you can't find a job, I'll find you one, a lot of them working for the city. Had up to 40,000, 45,000 people working for the city of New York, 18 hours a day week, part-time, but they had to get up in the morning, they had to go to work, they had to maintain the work ethic. That is a very, very big breakthrough. Do not minimize it. Do not minimize it. Now, that they cut off Medicare, okay. I'd have rather see Medicare also involved, but they got it in a number of the other giveaway and in, in, in a number of the other socialist communist giveaway programs, which makes them no longer a socialist communist giveaway programs but programs with consequences, programs with accountability, programs with uh, cost accountability, which is the problem with Biden. Biden has given away a fortune like uh, the infrastructure stuff. It's not for infrastructure. It's for human infrastructure. It's typical of the 35-year Biden lying pathologically. There is no infrastructure money. They're not building any bridges, ladies and gentlemen. With all the money they they stole, they're not building any bridges. They're they're giving more money out to their donors than they are building bridges. And when they do social programs, remember, there's a vig in every social program Democrats do. There's a amount of money taken by the contributors, the backers, the relatives of the politicians. Uh, this is one of the reasons I left the Democrat Party. I can tell you any number of cases in which. I saw that it's a, it's a, unless you do something to stop it, sorry, it happens. It's the reason that nobody wanted a um, inspector general for the money coming to New York. Adams didn't want it. Hochul didn't want it. Got a lot of friends are going to get that homeless money. So the homeless money they're asking for, when Adams asked for that homeless money, ask him, are a lot of his pals that he gave homeless money to in the past going to get it? You know, like the guy who was, uh, what was he, feeding insects in the food that he was providing, got thrown out. He, he was making millions himself. His sister was making millions. His son or his brother was doing the security. It's a sham. I would like you to consider before we take a break, one thing. And think about it during the break, please. Think of the money that since the Great Society program that goes back to 1967 or so. Think of all the money that has gone to alleviate poverty and go take a look at Baltimore, Maryland, which has gotten worse, or Chicago, which has gotten worse. New York hasn't because they had a Republican mayor, but not because of them. Uh, Go take a look at, oh, St. Louis. If that poverty money was going to help We wouldn't have poverty anymore. It'd be all gone. But that poverty money didn't get people out of poverty. It made Democratic crooks, both in and out of office, multimillionaires. We'll be back right after the break. Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani back with you with the Rudy uh, Giuliani show let's uh, catch up on one or two more things and then we'll get right to the right to the uh, uh questions i I was pleased that Adams made a defense of patriotism and I told you I'm going to tell you when I agree with him I'm gonna tell you when I disagree with him and the guy goes back and forth quite a bit so it's hard to remain uh, co- uh, remain consistent uh, but uh, somebody has to defend patriotism on a, on a day like Memorial Day, particularly when we have this speech still echoing in our ears from from the CUNY Law School by uh, this woman who obviously was very poorly educated on the facts about American history, but also is obviously filled with hate, Fatima Musa Mohammed, who is quoted as saying, the law is a manifestation of white supremacy that continues to oppress and suppress people. This is the law that she learned about. uh, If she went to a law school, that is a decent law school. I have no idea if the CUNY law school is a decent law school or one of the many jokes that pretend to be law schools. Uh, But she would have learned that the basic principles of American law emerge uh, not from anything having to do with, 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 uh, racism but they emerge uh, uh, between the uh, d- difficulties between the, the the Normans and the natives of England, and uh, William the Conqueror, who conquered England for the Normans, for the French, right really uh, uh, granted the Magna Carta to give them rights, so that um, so that they would feel so that the Angles and the native, uh, if they were native, or or at least the um, the the people who lived on the English or the British Island, the UK at the time felt equal or almost equal. And that's where the rights emerged from. It didn't, didn't have to do with whites and blacks. And nobody was even thinking about whites and blacks when they put together the Magna Carta. They were thinking about how, how is it that we can create a unified uh, colony? How is it we can create a unified colony? how, create a unified country. Never perfect. Slavery stood in in the way. But many things written into the original documents, which were, in fact, poison pills for uh, slavery, that are inconsistent with slavery, Thomas Jefferson being the key one among them. This is way beyond Fatima Musa Muhammad's knowledge of history, much less her hateful heart. She called for liberation in light of The murder of men like Jordan Neely by a white man on the MTA, ignoring the fact that Jordan Neely was threatening the lives of whites and blacks on uh, the MTA. That Jordan Neely has a record of vicious attacks at least 45 times, many of them on black people, that the day before he suspected of throwing a woman on the tracks, that he's kidnapped a child that he's beaten a 67 year old woman and that he came on that train throwing garbage at people. And when he threw the garbage, he wasn't saying I'm going to throw them at white people or I'm going to throw them at black people. He threw them at people. And when he took his jacket off in a menacing way and threw it on the ground as if he was going to pound some of those people to death, like he had done before uh, uh, Sergeant Penny didn't get up because he wanted to protect the white people or the black people, I don't know how many white people were even on the plane, on the train. He got up to protect people, like Jesus tells us what we should do. He got up to protect people from possibly being killed by this man. He he committed uh, forty-five definable acts in a short period of time of violence, some of them horrendous against children. Now you're a fool if you think that's all he did. For every one that they do, they got to commit at least another twenty that they don't get caught. So this guy probably, in that period of time, uh, committed hundreds of violent acts against innocent New Yorkers, from uh, as far as we know, as early at an age of seven to as late as the age of seventy-five. And that's white supremacy. Giuliani Show. Welcome back. This is the Rudy Giuliani Show. You're listening to it on the Red Apple Audio Network, and you can chat with the mayor by calling 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. We'll get to the calls in a minute. A few warnings. According to the Wall Street Journal, betting in uh, Las Vegas, has gotten harder. They've upped the odds for the casino to win. You know, in every one of the games of chance, there's a fixed percentage that makes it less than 50-50 odds. I mean, it goes all the way off to you only have like a 41% chance of winning in certain games. The easier the game, the lower stakes the game, the harder it is to win. And... Um, So something like, oh, well, for example, craps will give you very good odds if you know how to play the backup odds. If you don't, it'll kill you. So craps is sort of a sucker game. If you don't know the real rules of crap, you're going to be no better than playing roulette. But if you know the real rules, you can protect yourself a little better. Now all that has changed. It looks that way, and they've made the they've they've tightened the odds because they haven't making money. So you are going to lose more now than you used to if you go to Las Vegas. I would like to be the Iowa governor because uh, Governor Kim Reynolds, who looks like a very impressive governor, by the way, gets to interview all of the presidential candidates. We're going to take a trip up to New Hampshire and float around and get you an idea of what's going on there, Ted and uh, Dr. Maria and I. And, of course, Dr. Maria comes from New Hampshire and has been involved on and off in in uh, Democratic politics, so she can be a good guide for us. We want to see early stage who's getting the jump there because that's going to be a big primary for the Republicans. It'll be the first test at the ballot box of the sentiments pro or con Trump and then also pro or con these different candidates, who's made the impression. And it can often be different in New Hampshire – because the impression is going to be something that's always of interest to me, the one-on-one connection. Because a disproportionate number of people who vote get to see the candidate. The joke used to be they don't vote for you unless they talk to you four times or five times. Exaggerated, but pretty close to the truth. Uh, and finally, on the subject of this Musa M- Musa Fatima Mohammed, uh, how about we take a law degree away from her? They, they, they were very, uh, very quick to suspend me from the practice of law after 50 years of honorable service, having handled some of the most important cases in the United States. She's never done a damn thing. And she comes out attacking us and telling us that we're racist. Who the hell is she to say that? What the hell are we going to let her start law for? I don't know how you can justify suspending me and letting her practice law. People who hate America should not be allowed to practice law in America because, in order to, in order to, Properly interpret American law, you have to have due respect for it. She has no respect for our law. And by the way, she's an awfully ignorant person because she makes significantly incorrect historical claims about the law. Another good reason why, look, she may not have had grades at CUNY. And by by the way, just to tap it off, you paid for her education. I paid for mine. You paid for hers. So let's go to uh let's go to Jacqueline.
1: Good afternoon, Mr. Mayor.
0: Yes, Jacqueline.
1: Um I have a comment regarding the uh deficit, the federal deficit. Oh, please, I, let's have it. I think that uh Congress, uh the GOP Congress should stand firm their ground and uh hold to their Uh, beliefs that they need to put the pressure on Biden and the rest of his uh, groupies, let's say, to cut the spending. And they're not going to fund these crazy programs that they have instilled upon the citizens of the United States. Uh, It's got to stop. It has got to stop. I I wish and I would like to ask you, is it possible that they could shut down the government and yet fund emergency programs so that there's funding for, let's say, Social Security, uh, welfare, food stamps, even though there's a lot of um, uh, cheats in the The welfare? The answer
0: is uh, yes, that you can do that and you can stretch it for a very long time Uh, if you and then you can you keep reducing and focusing on critical programs so that Social Security, uh, programs like that, the military would be the last to go. There is a period, and I would think that's a long time from now because I do think that the uh, Secretary of the Treasury exaggerated, but I don't blame her. Every Secretary of the Treasury exaggerates in a situation like this, Republican and Democrat, that we were going to go under on June 1st. She changes to June 6th. Uh, it, it, it go under is just that we can't pay everything. It doesn't mean we can't pay anything. Before we get to the point of not being able to pay anything, you're going to get a guess from me, an extrapolation from having been an expert on the New York budget and only a, uh, uh, an amateur on the federal budget. Uh, but I would say you've got three, four months of very little impact Now, you can't plan on future spending. You can't manage the government the way you want to. It'll have an impact on our defense, which I don't like. Uh, And it's kind of useless because this, this can't be done this way. And finally, if we default on the debt, then we do grave damage to ourselves and don't get the result that we want, even though emotionally a lot of the right wingers think that we do. In fact, we heard future administrations of a, of a Trump or a, or a DeSantis or someone else. Uh, I, I, I know that this isn't the answer that the MAGA people want to hear, but sometimes I've got to give you the answer that's the right answer rather than the one that you want to hear. It'd be better for McCarthy to make the deal that he's talking about. Uh, it'd be better for him to do it because he remarkably got concessions. And he got concessions, not in, in the order of magnitude we would like, but in the areas where where we want them. He was never going to get them in the order of magnitude that we like because we don't have the votes. Remember, we're doing this sort of tricky. I mean, I really respect him. He doesn't have the Senate. He doesn't have the presidency. He's got one house. And uh, if, he, if he can get what he's talking about, if he can get uh, – uh, the, the recreation of a workfare program, even if it isn't as big as it should be, but we got a workfare program. If he can get uh, a limitation on spending so that you can't spend any more money this year than already budgeted for last year and you get a 1% increase next year, if he can do that, you'll come into a Republican administration in twenty four, twenty five that will be poised to do the rest of the work. And I would, I would recommend that he stri- strike a hard but not so unrealistic a burden that he hurts, hurts us long-term by going, going belly up. So what does that mean? That means, oh, in the words of the greatest president of the United States, it's better to take half a loaf than no loaf at all. Who was that? Later on, you tell me, okay? Well, the first person who calls it, I'm going to ask him, who said that? What president said that? Uh, let's go to John in Oceanside. By the sea, by the sea. Hi, really Thank you for taking my call. Okay, John. You know, it's funny. that Democrats never really seem
1: very concerned about foreign policy. And in my opinion, we have
0: given the globe whiplash by going from Obama policies to Trump policies and now back to basically Obama policies. And if I was a foreign country, I would be like scratching my head. Why would I make an alliance with this country, who's about to implode economically as well, when I could cozy up to China like France did and know I'm going to have something stable for the next 10 years? Well, I'll let you answer that on the air. Okay. okay? Thank well, you. thank you. I mean, you have to make a very, very good point. The inconsistency in American foreign policy makes it difficult to have a foreign policy with the United States. Now, now there's always inconsistency in foreign policy. All countries change their governments, right? Right now, Greece just elected a right-wing government. There's going to be some difference in their foreign policy. Italy did it about six months ago. So you're going to see Italy and Greece— kind of be on one side in the EU and you're going to see the left wing uh, governments being on the other side. And that's going to be different than the governments that existed in Italy and Greece, you know, four or five months ago. But it isn't like the contrast we have now, but I want to take it a step further. Uh, Obama to Trump to Obama is socialism to traditional solid, very well-executed American economy, that's Trump, to now communism. We have uh, very close to a communist form of government. We've got a single-party uh, country. Uh, the influence of the Republican Party has to be con- uh, based on conniving and, and, and uh, sneakiness and hard work, and for which I really, really uh, uh, admire McCarthy for getting something through. I don't think you realize how hard it is to get through with the fascist kind of government that we have. Remember, two weeks ago, he wasn't even going to talk. So they had to bang him and bang him and bang him to get him to talk. So uh, I would like a much better deal. I would like uh, spending frozen completely. I think you could do 5 10 and 15% cuts in these agencies, and nobody would feel it. And you'd make them better because you'd get rid of the fluff. I'll give you an example from New York City. In New York City, when I came in, we ran uh, the New York City hospital system. Uh, We had probably 30 percent more workers than we needed, maybe 40 percent. You know who they were? They were uh, patronage for the Democrat congressman in the district where the hospital was located. Because the Democratic congressman at some point convinced the Democratic mayor could have been Dinkins, could have been Koch, could have gone back to or Wagner. I don't know. But convinced them we don't have enough patronage. You have plenty of patronage, lots of jobs. Take my friends from the from the neighborhood to work at Kings County. Take my friends from the neighborhood to work at Harlem Hospital and they get put in, they get paid and they don't know what the hell they're doing which is bad, bad, bad. Then the hospital situation, because of uh, uh, all the health care, hospital beds cut in half, then in two-thirds. So now you had Kings County Hospital, 800 people, staffed up for 800 people, it's down to 250 beds. But you still have to same 800 people. Taking care of empty beds. For years, you were paying for it. For years. And the union, of course, was voting Democrat and killing anybody who was a Republican, including Yours truly when I ran. So when I ran, very quickly, I got rid of them. Bye. Uh, Famous uh, Trump words, fired. Goodbye. We don't need you. The hospitals went from four unaccredited to every hospital accredited within two, three years. Because a hospital with extra workers is an inefficient, bad hospital. A business with extra useless workers is a bad business. And Democrat cities are filled with this patronage and filled with this corruption. So let's go to let's go to Rick. Hey, Mayor, I'm thinking we could save hundreds of billions of dollars if we stop the global warming scam. You are correct. is, Temperatures have been falling since 2016 and atmospheric CO2 continues to go up. So the hypothesis has failed over and over it has that's why they changed it yes it's, that's what it is it's climate change you can't you can't deny climate change i mean we're changing right now i look outside gosh almighty it looks like we're headed for summer gee we have climate change that means the world's going to end oh you better take all that money and just give it to me uh, yeah it's a, a con job of massive proportions my friend and sad because they made it into a religion. And John Kerry is the high priest of the religion. He, he, he wastes more carbon. He contributes to it, if it's true, more than anyone else. But the high priest is allowed to, to do that. And he's, of course, uh, and, and Gore. Gore is like the prime minister who became a billionaire off this, off us American suckers. And, yeah, everything is attributed to... Well, originally, global warming, which would have been better than global freezing. By the way, more people die from cold than from warm, and we can accommodate ourselves to warming. We build better dams, we reroute our rivers, and you want to benefit from global warming? We get twenty percent more agricultural land for a for for a world where people are starving. Yeah, they don't tell you the, they don't tell you the truth about that how about oh my goodness we're getting right down to the end here this goes too fast it definitely goes too fast so we're going to take a uh, uh, a short break when we come back we will have uh, uh the mayor's final thoughts the rudy giuliani show And now it's time for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Mayor's Final Thoughts. This is Rudy Giuliani back with you again on the Rudy Giuliani Show. And yes, we have the Mayor's Final Thoughts sponsored by Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. Contribute your $11 a month now. Go to T2T.org, T the number 2T.org. And when you contribute that $11 per month, realize that what you're doing is you're helping to build smart homes for catastrophically injured uniform members, and you're helping to pay off mortgages for those families that lose a loved one in pursuance of protecting you. How can you say no to that? If you said no to it on Memorial Day, I'm really mad at you, so make up for it now and send in your $11 so where where are we now on the presidential elections after last week and DeSantis in the race? We don't have definitive polls yet. We probably will by the end of the week, and we'll look at them and analyze them for what they're worth and and i uh, I have a sort of a middle of the road position on polls they don't They don't uh, tell you anything really definitive, particularly this far out, because they can change dramatically between now and over a year from now. But they do give you a sense of how different strategies are working and uh, who's who's doing better. And therefore, in the future, what will work better for them? So up until uh, now, Trump had been growing a very big lead based in large measure on. The really incredibly unfair way in which he was treated by uh, by the Democrats. I mean, the 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 case in New York was it was was a travesty of justice, easily seen, and uh, uh, kind of kind of uh, uh, underlined the unfairness of everything the Democrats had been doing to him, because it came out just at the time as the Durham Report, which showed beyond any doubt for anyone with even a even with a closed mind, but a tiny opening, would realize that the Russian collusion investigation was phony and paid for. And if you don't get angry about that, you're just not a good American or a good person. So I think a lot of people did get angry, and they switched their vote from uh, from if they didn't switch their vote from from DeSantis to Trump. Uh, they were maybe somewhere else and they went to Trump and some backed off DeSantis. It's unusual that people make in one fell swoop a switch. I'll tell you how a great, great uh, uh, political analyst explained it to me. When you have when you have a vote kind of uh, not locked in yet, it's too early, but sort of pretty solid for Trump and pretty solid for DeSantis, they're not going to go like DeSantis to Trump or Trump to DeSantis, except if something catastrophic happens in their view, what's going to happen is they're going to go into undecided first before they go for the other guy, because it takes a while to dissuade yourself of whatever it was that had you on DeSantis' side or Trump side. And then over a period of time with a more open mind as an independent, they may accept the the, the philosophy, the thinking and the possibilities of the other candidate. So you've got to know that in changing votes. It's an art in politics that the great ones know and the not-such-great-ones blow. And when they get an opportunity to switch votes, which sometimes comes along outside their own doing, you've got to know how to nurture that, which the Trump campaign, being an expert campaign, did a marvelous job of, uh, of exploiting when Bragg became, so far, the best thing that's happened in his campaign. The real question is, if uh, this happens two more times, what happens? We'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow. I got a very, very strong inclination. You may be surprised as to what happens. This is Rudy Giuliani. God bless America. See you 8 o'clock tonight on, let's say, Twitter. Okay.